Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Chief Robert Conti of the Metropolitan Police Department. Buckle up, D.C., a simple yet life-saving decision. Together, we can make Vision Zero a reality and keep our roads free of traffic deaths. D.C. police are enforcing seatbelt laws. Click it or ticket. Hey, everyone, this is John Roca, one-third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Everybody to a and brand new spoiler-filled uh, episode of the Geek Buddies. Yeah, I'm just gonna do it. Hey, hey, hey! Uh, because we got to deal with some serious stuff Woo. today. There's no need for this. Uh, we got to get serious, and that is uh, episode eight of Watchmen. We're on the precipice of the finale, which is coming this Sunday. A god walks into a bar. A god walks into a bar. A bar, sorry. A god walks into a bar, and we're going to talk about it right now. Let's get into it. All right. This episode eight, uh, let's introduce ourselves. Yeah. This is Shannon McClung. I'm a television actor and an animation writer. And this is Michael Vogel, and I am an animation writer and producer. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm sorry. I'm still coughing. still getting over this bronchitis shit. Uh, I am John Rogan, a voiceover artist and writer and producer host over at Collider and reviewer. Over at Collider. And uh, episode eight, Angela's mysterious past in Vietnam is at last revealed. So, so much happened in this episode. We'll see a lot of people saying that this is their favorite episode of the series. They were the same people who said that the last episode was their favorite episode of the series. And the same people that said the previous two episodes were their favorite episode of the series. So, this is on an ascension that is uh, that I don't know if I've ever seen uh, in a TV series before. A yeah. limited TV series before. Yeah. What did you guys think? Oh, man. So, so good. And like uh, the nostalgia episode, I mean, we were basically with the same characters the whole trip. And we got a little bit of Vite. Yeah. But for the most part, we are just with Angela and we're with Dr. Manhattan the whole time. Um, looking at the way that Damon Lindelof and his team were able to use the way that Dr. Manhattan conceives time, the way that his conception of time, right. that 
comes from someone being so familiar with this material and really, really doing their homework. Yeah. Um, so, so good. And I mean, I don't want to jump to the last scene, so I'll let you guys jump in. Yeah. I got a lot to say about that no, last please. scene. Uh, basically, so cathartic. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, I know, you know, we had talked earlier mm-hmm. that I had some feelings like um, when Manhattan comes in to kind of save the day. Um, I, as a, and this is just me, um, as a viewer, I was like, oh, this was, this is so awesome. This is so heart pumping. Mm. I wish it were a little more dynamic. I know that he doesn't need to do that. And I'm not suggesting that he do, you know, uh, karate or wire work or anything, but I'm like, oh, I'd like to see a no look. I'd like to see kind of like what Vader did at the end of Rogue One. Yeah. Like, let me see, let me see just a little bit more. But what he did, I mean, oh, just the, the emotional buildup of her arming herself, knowing yeah. that the 7th Cavalry is outside, the way that they used the score, the music that they, I mean, everything was just so powerful. Yeah. Mikey? I mean, I think this might be the best episode of TV I've seen all year. <laughs> wow, that's a strong I, I, I It was, I, I think it is. I think, I think that um, Watchmen has been just an interesting show because it, as opposed to a lot of other shows that are based on comic book source material mm-hmm. that kind of gives you like some Cliff's Notes or kind of like helps, gives you some like uh, water wings for the viewer that might not be a comic book person. Right. Watchmen just ju- jumped into the deep end from day one and just kept getting deeper. And as Shannon said, having an entire episode where you're dealing with the way that Dr. Manhattan perceives time and on the one hand, so you have him doing that that allows you to jump around mm-hmm. to different times and different things and see how they're connecting and almost seeing how he experiences time while at the same time having Regina King sitting there as Angela Abar sort of questioning this entire process and poking right. holes in it and what, and what her – she almost is acting as the audience going, wait a minute. How do you sort of perceive time? How does this make sense? Right. It's like one of the most brilliant hours I've ever seen written and it answered pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it gave us all of the information we needed. Like, what is Adrian Veidt doing on that planet? How did he get there? Why did he get there? Right. What's going on with Dr. Manhattan? What is the 7th Cavalry doing? Like, all of these questions all got answered in the most sort of beautiful, interwoven tapestry of information. Yeah. Um, and the entire chicken and egg idea that this whole question has been the entire time of how did Angela's grandfather, uh, how did Will Reeves know that Don Johnson was 7th Cavalry? Right. And the moment where she said oh to Dr. Manhattan, ask him how he knew, and he was like, who are you talking? And she realized that she's the one that put the idea there that led to the guy who was her mentor getting – like it's just like it was, it was cool – and it was interesting and it was heartbreaking and it was emotional and this relationship between the two of them. Like, I mean, there's so many emotional moments. And to have a character like Dr. Manhattan who is traditionally so not emotional. Right. I mean, one of the things that's going to be really interesting and like God knows if they're even going to have time to hit this in this final episode coming yeah, up. But yeah. Lori, Gene Smart's right. big issue with Dr. Manhattan is that he was so cold. Right. He was so cold and unemotional with her. That their relationship was doomed to failure. And here you have this thing to compare it to of him going in and sitting down with Angela and just being like a smooth cosmic motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then she's like, when, when was the moment you fell in love with me? And to get to the end 
right near the end of their relationship right. where he goes, this is the moment where you're going out knowing that it's not – like it was just so beautiful. Right. Um, they just nailed it. Like they yeah. nailed Dr. Manhattan who's one of the harder characters to try and make work mm-hmm. uh, just given his – godlike nature and the way he perceives time and they did it all so well and even just little bits like when Angela says to him at the table you've got a great sense of humor and he laughs and she's like what and he's like somebody just told me that I don't that I have no sense of humor yeah, right. and then you get to the end of the episode where he's talking to Adrian Veidt <laughs> yeah. and Adrian Veidt says you have no sense of humor. And he goes, oh, someone just told me I have a great sense of humor. It's just like all these little bits that sort of tied it together. Like I just kind of sat there with my mouth hanging open. Yeah, I have to say I agree with both of you. I I found this to be one of the most incredibly brilliant episodes of television that I've ever seen. I don't know if it's my favorite episode. I think it's tied right now with Aberfan, which is I think the third episode of season three of The Crown. It is maybe one of the greatest episodes I've ever seen in television ever. And so this – but this episode certainly – has to be in that conversation as well because you come in because all three I think all three of us come in with the knowledge of the book right of the graphic novel I'm kind of doing a little bit of the shortcut work for us right but the way that uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen speaks and acts and brings this character to life again for us um, I thought was incredible was brilliant and it sounded correct the way he spoke about everything you know it it is thir- it is it is nineteen eighty five or it is this and you're just like oh man this is actually how you speak in the book yeah. perfect this is all connects and then seeing Angela in different spots of her life and the emotions that are happening like when he's hurt by the fight they're having and he's pretty and then her frustration that he knows every fight they're going to have right this is the thing and I'll tell you the trick of this uh, thing with Manhattan how he sees time I find this to be the thing that we delude ourselves. We all see time the way Dr. Manhattan sees time. Every time we're in a relationship with somebody, we can think about the first time we met them at the same time as we're having the conversation with them. At the same time as we're thinking about some other thing we just did with them. Sometimes we think about something we did with them four years ago. We all see time in the same way. The thing with Manhattan and the way he shot, the way they did it in the TV show and the way they did it in the film is that whatever he's currently doing feels like the present. Because remember, he's he the whole show – he is at the table on the first time he met Angela, the whole show. And then it jumps all the way at the end to the actual current present time. So although we are sitting him with him at the table, it feels like the present time. When we get to that end, that is actually the present time, yet we've been existing in all these timelines right. as if they're the present time. And so I think that was brilliant and got us even to invest in this relationship even more so that when he gets zapped out and all of us saw it coming – we are absolutely heartbroken. Even though we all knew it was coming. Yes. Like we like it, it's like we've been told from the very beginning this tragic thing is going to happen and we know it's coming and still when it happens it's tragic. Right. And he has that line to her when she says, "Why am I going to get together with you if this thing is going to end badly and or, or end tragically?" And he goes, "All relationships end." And you're just like, "All relationships end tragically." Uh, right. And you're just like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> um, shit. That was a genius line. So, yeah. Angela Love Fest, Calvin Love Fest, Manhattan yeah. Love Fest, Adrian Veidt Love Fest. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, Jeremy Irons, who's been just such a dick and an asshole this whole time, uh, you know, we really got to see a little bit of a different side of him. Yeah. And that conversation between Manhattan and Veidt was just also amazing. Because, right. like, it was a, it's that thing that happens when two people are at a certain level of smart and a certain level of, uh, skill and experience together. Yeah. It's like 
we're not going to do the whole you walked into my lair and we're going to fight. Like, right. it's dumb. Let's just have a conversation. Like, why are you here? What's happening? What's going on? And it was just – it's just like if – I love it because everyone – I feel like everyone who's writing this show is way smarter than me. Yeah. So I'm always just like struggling to keep up. Um, I think the only thing that was mentioned in the episode that didn't resolve itself is when she yelled at him to get off the pool and yeah. get stop standing on the water. And he said, it's important that you see me standing on the water. And that was, I think, one of the only things he said that didn't get resolved within the sort of uh, confines of the confines of this story. So I'm curious to see what that's about. And then also, did you stay through the credits? Did you see the whole end tag? Yes. So let's talk about that. So at the end, uh, all of the um, clones of the people that we now know Dr. Manhattan saw knew when he was young. Yeah. um, Were throwing tomatoes at. Adrian Veidt and asking yeah. him if he was going to if he was going to stay and he kept saying no. They weren't throwing; they were smashing tomatoes in the face. face. Yeah, which I guess in in their world is the is the worst thing you can do. Right, right. <laughs> it's a lovely world. <laughs> uh, and then he has a talk with the original yeah. clone, the game warden, the game warden, the game warden yeah. who we now know is the original clone right, the who first. was there, who was there and actually knew Doctor Manhattan, right. so actually has his own feelings about the whole thing. And then he got the cake, and the cake had a horseshoe in it. Right. And he started laughing like a crazy person and started just like scraping the horseshoe on the floor. Right. Is he turning it into a weapon so that he can escape? Is there something else about it? Like do we – did I miss something? Uh, I'm or? assuming he's, he's, gonna, he's shaping it to pick a lock. Oh, OK. I thought he was designing how he's going to get out of there. Maybe. That's what I think. He's using the edges to draw how he's going to get out of there in terms of what he's going to create. Because he's been there seven years well, now. So patience is not his problem. Well, also – he has no patience because we have one episode left. Right. Well, fair, fair, fair point. <laughs> so whatever he's yeah. doing, he's going to do it fast. He's got to do it fast. Because we got That's one episode. Like, I – this was amazing because, like, the entire – I think for the entirety of the run of Watchmen, there's been the question of, like, is Damon Lindelof going to give us a bunch of mysteries and not – answer them. And this episode sort of very clearly said, no, that's not the case. Here's pretty much everything. Like yeah. we know, aside from maybe one or two things, everything yeah. now. Like it's it's all been sort of revealed to us. Um, but still, I, I, I still am like sort of – I don't know if I'm – I'm not worried that they're going to end it mm-hmm. well because they've done everything so great. I think I'm just sad. Yeah, and that's fair. Yeah, I think I'm just sad that there's only one episode left. Yeah, yeah. Well, just because with the amount of material that they've given us, you don't—they didn't need to end it with the ninth episode. Like right. they could have stretched things out. But as we talked about earlier, just sort of the efficiency of storytelling that they're doing. Like there is not a wasted moment in any of these episodes. Yeah. So my, you know, we're obviously going to see Looking Glass next episode. Yeah, we're, I bet we're going to see Lube Man. Yeah, I'm sure he's got something to do with it. And it's gonna slip right into that episode. <laughs> How? <laughs> let's talk about no, just killed Johnny. Let's talk about themes, and I want to make sure I remember this. Now, is this also in this episode? Do we see him create man and create yeah. Adam and Eve in on, essence on Europa? So, yeah. to me, I thought this was as a person who grew up uber religious through majority, majority of his childhood. To me, this was a brilliant episode in that way as well. That it explored religion, essentially turning him into. God and Jesus Christ at the same time to be able to create a whole new world to give uh, um, uh, what's his face Vite the desire to be worshipped like an uh, essentially an idol yeah. like a god and realize that Vite's not happy with that 
He wants something. Right. He doesn't. He, he gave him a perfect world, and it was not good. It enough. wasn't right, which is what happens in the Matrix, right? We designed it so that everyone was happy. People questioned it and, and got upset, blah, blah blah, because the human spirit does not accept that everything can be just good. They need conflict, and same thing with Vite. Vite wants to be worshipped free will by the people that he on Earth, because those people. Well, he wants to. He, not, he wa- not, sorry, he wants to be needed. Right. I mean, what he specifically says in the prison is like, you don't need me. Yeah. Like everything there is so perfect. He's not needed. Whereas on Earth, where everything is fucked up, he has a role in his mind. He has a role to play, which is I'm the smart person. You're all my children. Right. And I'm going to fix things for you. It's the ego. It's the ego of it all. Uh, But I do think, you know, I mean, like Dr. Manhattan is a godlike character. He can create life. And I think that um, that's God. Yeah. It's not godlike. That's God. Well, he's not literally God because he didn't create humans. I don't know. If God can give the power of God to a human, that human essence is God. Dr. Manhattan could destroy the earth if he wanted to. That's God. Yeah. So to me, that's what – and I – but, you know, whether he is or not, I I like the fact that that's there because the horseshoe showing up. In the cake is brilliant because it shows you that no matter how much God lets you down, people have an innate desire to want to believe in a God. They need it. They must have it. So to help him break out is their way of saying, well, we still need you to exist. No matter how much we punish you, no matter how much we're mad at you, no matter how much we question you, or upset, you must still exist. And so thematically throughout, I love how they just kind of subtly tackled religion as well. I just... I mean, it's brilliant, a, a massive concept like religion. Yeah. To tackle it the way they did as a subplot, right. I thought was incredible. Well, and I think in general, I mean, you have, look, you have uh, Adrian Veidt, Ozymandias, mm. who, had, who, you know, tried to, tried to somewhat successfully shape the course of history. Essentially play God. Uh, you have Dr. Manhattan, who has these godlike abilities. And I think in general, this whole show is a uh, sort of thesis on superheroes yeah and the people who put on masks that do feel like they have this responsibility over others and permission to do what they want to do on yeah. varying levels and i mean dr manhattan and adrian veidt kind of at the extreme levels yeah, right. down to like the cops and the seventh cavalry right. on a more human level but everybody is dealing with this uh you know who's who's controlling who who's watching the watchman who's right. who's 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 looking out for everybody? Yeah. One last thing about this relationship too. Um, I just had on the tip of my tongue what what was going on between them. Did you like the way it was presented between them? The that she like it like the way he was chosen. Like oh the black uh, the, the, he chose a black body right that as well was presented and even and Veidt had to be the one who said well if you appear in this form you're asking for you've got to take responsibility for. Taking on this body. They say it was, this isn't the 80s. This isn't cool. Yeah. <laughs> we call this appropriation now, buddy. <laughs> I thought that was genius the way they, they tackled that as well. But she – and, and it, there's this – she chose the guy because he's a good-looking dude. And so like, well, why not? Yeah. I like that it was as simple as that. Oh, that's what I want to ask you guys. Do, is that um, Dr. Manhattan's Achilles heel is his desire for love? Like, remember, he he, he cheats well, on he, his first wife with Lori. Yeah, that's what he did. And then Lori leaves him because he can't give her the affection she desires. 
And now he goes, walks into Abar's life and essentially fucks that whole thing up, her whole life. Uh, guest brings her joy, brings her love. They adopt the kids, blah, blah, blah. He knows everything that's happening. He hides out. Um, oh, and that's another thing, right? It's kind of like a Batman move to know exactly how to kind of uh, uh, um, incapacitate Dr. Manhattan. Uh, Vite has a machine to be able to do oh, yeah. that, right? Right. Well, and it was also a Superman 2 move where yeah. he's like, he loves this woman so much. He's like, you know what? Make me normal. Mm. Make me normal again. Make me a human to walk amongst the humans. I think you could make a case that it's his Achilles heel. I also think that you could make a case that uh, he's growing and learning. to. Like, I think that there's a strong thing to be made that no, no matter how powerful and godlike you are, it's your ties to humanity that right. make you work, that make you okay. And I think with his previous relationships, he didn't have that tie. Yeah. And with this – he told her straight up who he was. I mean, you know, it's, I think it's very important that when he goes to see Adrian Veidt, Adrian Veidt makes an – who's Adrian Veidt, who's the smartest man in the world, yeah. who actually has everything figured out. The only thing he says that's wrong is he says, let me guess, you did this so that she wouldn't know who you are. Right. And he's like, no, I told her everything right away. Like I think that – if anything, Dr. Manhattan's growing in his emotional uh, intelligence and I, maturity. I don't disagree. Um, I also think that's the difference between him and Veidt. Veidt wants to lead. Dr. Manhattan does not want yeah. to lead. doesn't want the adulation. Veidt needs the adulation, yeah. which is why Veidt shouldn't have the adulation because he's dangerous in that way. Yeah. So I know we're getting close. So yes, I got two questions yes, for you guys. Yeah. Um, one, do you think uh, which came first, the chicken or the egg? The idea that Angela's last name was going to be a bar, or they had an episode idea of like a go- a god walks into a bar. Which do you think popped up first? It's <laughs> a really good question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a because wow. it was because it was really clever when I saw the title of the <laughs> yeah, episode. Right, right. And also, like I'm trying to pull this up and it's not fucking pulling up. But yeah. do you guys remember the um one of the visual pieces of marketing that they did, that they had the yellow watchman clock with Angela oh, yeah. masked down. Um did you notice how she was lit? No. She's lit blue. They told it was oh, at us the whole time. She's wow. looking at Doctor Manhattan. Wow! From oh. the beginning. Oh wow! Man. Okay. Well done, sir. Oh yeah. It huh? was there. Oh, here oh, we go. All right. All right. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That is the reflection of Son a luminous of a blue man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Damn. Well done. Wow. All right. Well, the next episode is called "See How They Fly." Um. What do we think is going to happen? Do we have any predictions real quick as we wrap up? I mean, it's mm. all going to come to a head. So everything, everything, mm. like, like, like we're going to get Looking Glass. Okay. We'll probably get Lube Man. Okay. Lady True's Doomsday Clock is going to go off. The cavalry is going to make their move and try and make a white supremacist Dr. Manhattan. Right. Angela Abar is going to do what she needs to do to kind of try and save her man yeah. if she can. I right. don't think she's going to be able to because this is a tragedy. Uh, but I mean, like, it's all the pieces yeah. uh, are going, and oh, and Will Reeves and her grandfather, right? Uh, you know, hooded justice, right? And what his thing, like, it's all going to come together, and I have no idea how. Okay, all right. but like, I, like I, I, I think that, like I said, I think all these people are way smarter than me. So I think guessing what it's going to be is a fool's journey. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Any predictions? Um, do we actually know what the dooms, what the clock does? I don't know. No. 
So we'll find out what that is. And will we find out um, Lady Tree's episode, The Blue Meteor That Came Down? Oh, what, yeah. What was that? Yeah. I imagine that we will find out what that was as well. Right. I think the Doomsday Clock saves Manhattan. I think that's what it's for. I don't know. He said it's a tragedy. I don't know if we're saving him. Oh, fair point. Wow. But he said it, well, He said they had a tragic ending. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be him. Oh, it could oh, be Angela. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you mean it could be Angela? You shut your mouth. Wow. Yep. Oh. Oof. Yikes. All right. Well, on that note. <clears throat> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for watching or for listening, rather, to this uh, special bonus episode of the Geek Buddies, uh, the spoiler-filled review of the latest episode of the Watchmen, cha- uh, episode eight. Um, Mike and Shannon, what do we tell them? Well, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Mr. Vogel, it's at MKToon. Mr. Roca, at the Roca says. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, if you find yourself, uh, on Europa sometime, <laughs> uh, with some clones and a, and a nice big house, let them know about Geek Buddies. Uh, maybe give us some stars, give us some uh, comments, give us some retweets so that everybody from the Doomsday Clock to Europa <laughs> can check us out. Yeah, give us some reviews, definitely. Um, well, thanks everybody for watching this episode, and we'll definitely be back, or listen rather, this episode, and we'll definitely be back next week with a, essentially a a uh, review of the episode and a review of the season, right? Well, yeah. I mean, and depending on what happens between next week and now, yeah. um, that, maybe that's our episode next week. Oh, yeah. Fair point. We just do a big Watchmen deep dive. Yeah, it might not be a bad idea, right? Because Christmas is coming. We got to take off. So, yeah, huh? Not a bad idea. Well, All right, maybe well, that'll be it. Well, I mean, also, we may be talking about Rise of Skywalker next week, oh, too. Oh, so. right, right. We're definitely going to be there. Well, no, but... Why? We're seeing it Thursday night. We right. record on Wednesday. Well, oh, so we can't get together on a Friday or, or oh, Saturday? Well, okay. I'm just saying. We're all TBD, in TBD, everybody. Yeah. TBD. TBD. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for watching this episode of, or listening to this episode of, The, the Geek Buddies! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.